Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. My name is Carolise Medina. I am a student at Salem College in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. For today's episode, I want to talk about what it means to be classified as Mexican in America. I am a first-generation Mexican-American, and my family immigrated from Mexico in the 80s. So we're pretty much fresh, generationally-wise, in America. I want to express that I am proud of my Mexican heritage, and I take pride in not only being Mexican-American, but also Afro-Mexican-American. I think that there is a social stigma in America on how Mexicans are viewed and classified. There is a misconception that Mexican is a race when in fact it's a nationality and ethnicity. In my opinion, what makes Mexicans Mexicans is the shared food, language, music, and family unity. However, that's not how others may view it because you won't hear this in the mainstream media. Some stereotypes that I often hear or see about Mexicans is that Mexicans come to America to steal jobs from Americans or that Mexicans are the cleaning people. And more recent, a stereotype that was publicly announced by President Trump that Mexicans are bad hombres. What's my point, you may ask? We'll just keep listening and hopefully it'll all make sense. First, I want to look at the history Mexicans have in America. The Mexican-American War, or the Mexican War as known in America, was the first U.S. armed war on American soil in the time period 1846 to 1848. This war was started when Texas gained its independence from Mexico in 1836. The U.S. had initially declined to incorporate it into the Union because the northern political interests were against the addition of a new slave state. The Mexican government warned that any annexation would lead to war. After the 1844 election of President James K. Polk, annexation procedures were initiated. When his offer to purchase land was declined, he instigated a fight by moving troops into a disputed zone. Then, in 1846, the Mexican government attacked U.S. soldiers in that disputed zone. In 1848, the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo was signed, which established Rio Grande as the U.S.-Mexican border. Under this treaty, Mexico recognized the U.S. annexation of Texas and agreed to sell California and the rest of its territory north of Rio Grande for $15 million. Now let's fast forward to the 1930s when Mexican was put on the census as a race. In this time period, the best avenue for people was to claim their whiteness. I was reading an NPR article which gave insight that this race issue has been going on for years. 
There was a Mexican-American organization started in 1929 called the League of the United Latin American Citizens, whose main organizing efforts was to get Mexican off of the 1930 census. The Mexican government protested the category as well, as the entire Southwest used to be part of Mexico. When the U.S. took over the land, the U.S. had made a promise to the Mexican government that the Mexican residents there would be treated as full citizens. However, at that time, in order to be considered a citizen, you had to be white. Therefore, this created an issue where Mexicans could legally be white, but not socially. Then the United Latin American Citizens Organization and the Mexican government successfully had the category removed from the 1930 census. It was in 1970 that the Hispanic origin question was introduced into the census and then in 1980 that the Hispanic identity question appeared. I think that this history is important because it gives a timeline on how Mexicans have a part in the U.S. society as well as how and when the racial issues started. Latin Americans can be racially diverse and come from a variety of backgrounds. There is not a specific race that identifies the Latinx community. For instance, my heritage is Mexican, but my DNA is made up of different ethnicities. I actually recently did my ancestry DNA to get a representation of what my background is, and I'll get into that in a little. I want to talk about what led me to do an ethnicity test. Although I know who I am and where I come from, I have always been questioned about what race I am since I was a little girl. My skin is tan and I have curly hair and people couldn't always pinpoint what race I was until they either heard me speak Spanish or just asked. Until today, people often ask me what I am. I've had people tell me I don't look Mexican, that I look mixed black and white. Oh, and my favorite, that I look Dominican. This has always had me questioning my identity because it seemed like my other Mexican friends could just be Mexican and go on about their day. But I always felt like an oddball, not just with Mexican people, but with American people as well. I've had this battle since childhood, and it inspired me to look into my family's ancestry by asking my mom, grandmother, and older generations in my family about our history. I remember the first time I realized that my family was different from other Mexicans. I was going to a Mexican store with my cousins and we were all just talking and laughing amongst ourselves. As we were entering the store, I glanced over at the store employees by the cash register and I noticed that they were staring at us as if they were in awe. It wasn't until then that I realized that Mexicans looked at my family and I as different because the family that I was with at that moment were darker skinned and I guess to them it was who are these dark skinned people 
speaking Spanish. This was the first time I realized that my family was getting stared at by Mexicans as well. See, my family originally emigrated from Mexico to California and my mom, along with other family members, moved to North Carolina in the late 90s. I was raised in North Carolina and in this area, especially when I was in elementary school, was mainly made up of white and black Americans. Majority of the Mexicans in this area look like the stereotypical Mexican with the long black straight hair and brown or light brown skin. And the majority of my family members had darker skin than the stereotypical Mexican and we have curly or coily hair. I never saw myself or my family as different until this moment of realization. This had me questioning what about us is so different that we get stared at. And it was then that I realized that my family is black and speaks Spanish. My quest to find out why our family skin was black started then. And I started to ask questions um, to my mom, like if we were of African descent. And um, I remember her initial response was no. She said that we are Mexican. And then I started to ask further questions. I wasn't satisfied with the answer she had given me. So I kept asking her questions like, well, why does my grandma and other family members look black? So then she proceeded to tell a story of how a long time ago, there was a boat at sea with African slaves that lost, that lost its course and it landed on the southern coast of Mexico. And they never made it back home, so they settled around Mexico's southern states, which are Guerrero and Oaxaca. They integrated themselves into the culture, married, and procreated with the indigenous people of the land, and the rest is history. I kind of held on to this information slightly, knowing that my family comes from African descent, but I wanted to know how much of our DNA was African because looking at my family members, um, you know, as well as myself, we have more African features. One cool fact is that the majority of the Mexican population is mestizo race or mixed race. And per Ancestry DNA, my DNA is made up of 50% Native American Mexican, 25% Spain Spanish, and 25% African. I honestly was surprised by how much African DNA I still have since both of my parents are Mexican. I was expecting the Native American part and the Spanish part, but I honestly was expecting like 10% of African DNA. This would explain why I get stared at today. I had a coworker tell me that depending on how I do my hair or I dress, um, one day I could definitely look Hispanic, but then there are times that I could look racially ambiguous. Through 
research that I have done on my own throughout the years, I learned that there are over 1 million Afro-Mexicans. And it wasn't until 2015 that the Mexican census included a category for Afro-Mexicans. According to MinorityRights.org, the majority of Mexico's African descendant population live in the Costa Rica region, which includes the Caribbean coastal regions of southern states Oaxaca and Guerrero. During the Spanish conquest and rule over Mexico, Spanish authorities were responsible for the forced migration or an estimated 200,000 enslaved Africans to Mexico. During this time, Mexico had the larger African slave population than any other country in the Americas. Afro-Mexican soldiers helped overthrow the Spanish rule in the War of Independence. The people of African descent were vital to the economic growth of Mexico. African influence in Mexico can be seen in the many cultural traditions of Mexico. Although there is documentation of African roots in many aspects of the Mexican culture, Afro-Mexicans and their contributions remain largely invisible. African descendants in Mexico were not included in the contemporary nation or politics like in many other parts of the Americas. The African presence in Mexico is still widely denied and marginalized. Many of the Afro-Mexican communities still live in poverty and are often isolated in rural areas. There is a lack of infrastructure, healthcare system, and educational system. It remains one of the lesser known stories of the African diaspora. This topic is near and dear to my heart, and I hope to have shed some light on Afro-Mexicans. It is especially important in intercultural communication because it brings awareness to all Americans, Mexicans, and Mexican-Americans who may have a limited perspective on the Mexican ethnicity. I hope that this inspires everyone to be more culturally aware and sensitive to everyone because we all have a story that helps shape who we are. Thank you for listening and please make sure to use your voice because it counts.